Read it again, Luke 15, 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Jesus' audience here, we read at the beginning of this chapter, included publicans and sinners and Pharisees and scribes. And you've heard the first part of this uh, parable. We have a loving father. We actually have two sons. The younger represents the publicans and sinners, and the older of the two sons represents the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees despised the publicans and sinners, and it looks like the elder son wasn't real thrilled with his younger brother. But neither son could conceive the kind of love that their father represented in that he would not only have compassion upon them, but that he would also reach out to them, taking the initiative. We, we, we find these sons lost. One chose to leave home. The other chose to stay at home. So we, we can be lost at home or away from home. We can be lost having left the church, or we can be lost having stayed in the church. One son experienced poverty, and the other lived with plenty. Both were friendless, and each was in bondage in a different way. The younger one came to be embarrassed to return home and had to cross that threshold of humbling himself, willing to only be a servant. The other, the elder one found himself angry and it looks like he was bitter. And later when, when we would read a celebration was taking place, he couldn't even go to his own father and ask what, what was happening. Instead, he asked a servant and learned from the servant that his brother had returned and they were celebrating his return. Most of the parable is devoted to the younger son. And uh, we'll comment mostly on him. A few questions arise. Why did he leave? Why did the younger son ask for his share of the inheritance and leave home? Perhaps it was his brother. They couldn't get along. We don't know. It was a parable, so we can extrapolate what we will to some extent. Uh, perhaps he felt in bondage, restricted by his parents and thought, if, if I can just leave home and be free to make my own decisions, then uh, life will be better. Perhaps he was curious as to what was out there. Curiosity is often a tactic employed by the enemy to tempt individuals 
to leave their faith or to waver in their faith. That's what happened in the garden when Eve looked upon the fruit of the garden that she had been commanded not to partake of and was curious. Would it do what the devil said it would do? Would she be enlightened? It was beautiful. She was curious. Perhaps uh, this younger prodigal was, was curious. Either way, he left. Where did he go? Well, we read that he went into a far country. I don't know how far away that country was, but we can certainly derive from this that he created distance. He wanted some distance. He wanted some space. So whether that far country was hundreds of miles or whether it was just a distance away. When I was a kid, I remember my uh, younger sister ran away from home. She was uh, only six or seven years old. Uh, And and around our house there on the farm, there was lots of shrubbery and and, uh, trees and underbrush and all that. Well, she ran away with a bag full of uh, carrots and something to eat like that and was only really about 20 yards from the house. So she didn't go far, but she wanted to create distance from, no doubt, from my other three brothers. Well, this, uh, this distance may have been ge- geographically closed, but it did create some space. Was he lost? His father thought he was lost because his father did not know where he was. And Jesus said he was lost. If you would have asked the the prodigal son if he was lost, he probably would have replied, No, I'm I'm not lost. I, I know right where I am. You can tell when someone has lost their car in a great big parking lot because you hear a car beeping, beeping. And after a while, you see someone wandering around pushing their key, trying to find their car. We, Some of you have lost your phone, but you have an app that says, Find My Phone. There are times when I've lost my wife, and then I don't know where she is. I cannot reach her. So I call my daughter and say, Do you know where mom is? And she says, Yeah, she's right here. We're at the fabric store. So... A few years ago, my oldest sister, well, we would say she lost her husband. And someone told her that she lost her husband, and she said, her reply was, I did not lose my husband, he died. She was taking it uh, literally in that sense, and uh, having just lost, if you will, my mother, I, I can relate to her reply in that my mother is not lost, I know where she is. Sometimes people innocently uh, testify that I lost my salvation. But it's impossible to lose your salvation. We do not misplace our salvation. We, we choose uh, not to be saved. Same as this younger uh, son chose uh, to, leave, uh, to leave home. It, take, it takes a decision. When my son was about 11 or 12 years old, he, he came to me and, and he said, Dad, I don't, I don't feel like I'm saved anymore. So I, 
inquired of him to find out, well, have, have you done something? Have you um, committed sin? Uh, so we, we went back and forth for, uh, for a while, and it, it became apparent that he really hadn't uh, done anything. He just didn't feel like he was saved. So I did ask him, I said, well, at what point did you decide you no longer want to be saved? He replied, I, I never decided that. I haven't, I haven't said I don't want to be saved. I want to be saved. Well, Randy, just as when you prayed, he was quite young when he prayed, he was four years old, and, and he initiated it, not, not we parents. Uh, he uh, felt like he wasn't saved and came and declared that, and I was a bit uh, cautious because, I, for one thing, I didn't want to scare him, and for another thing, I wasn't sure that a four-year-old could be at a point of accountability where they could understand and even make a choice to be saved. But it was apparent that he needed to be saved, so we prayed. And I reminded him, you made a decision when you were young to to be saved, and it's not that easy to backslide. Parents certainly need to teach their children uh, that. You You must decide to get saved. You must similarly decide to no longer be saved. Not to cover sinful behavior. If one backslides, they backslide. If they commit sin, they commit sin. But if they are simply acting like a 12-year-old and not feeling, or a 40-year-old as far as that goes, or a 70-year-old, well, we walk by faith and not by feeling. I don't know what it means to not or to feel saved and, or not feel saved. I can't relate to that very well, honestly, because I don't, I don't know how I feel right now. I don't really look at it that way. We walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It, it is, is something within, and it's the evidence of things not seen. You cannot see it. You cannot uh, stick a thermometer in your mouth and test to see how it registers. So we must remember we choose to be saved, we choose not to be saved if we were once saved. But hopefully, and, and my son realized, well, no, I didn't choose not to be saved. I want to be saved. And he's been saved all these years, similarly with our daughter and, and their mother as well. They got saved young, and they stayed saved. They had to grow up and experience life. We just... Uh, spent a few days babysitting our five Medford grandchildren. And we see them experiencing life. We see our, our almost, uh, well, he's over three years old, maybe three and a half years old, and a younger brother that's a year and a half younger. We, we see them playing and getting along, and then we see them fighting. They're competitive. Well, we don't. We're not measuring their spirituality and telling our year-and-a-half-old Lazarus, you must not be saved, Lazarus. Well, we, we wouldn't do that to a teenager either who's acting like a teenager, short of committing sin, of course. So don't confuse uh, carnality with humanity. Well, the prodigal probably said, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not lost at all. So, but he created distance. What did he find where he went? Well, he found friends. He had some wealth at his disposal. And that attracted friends. 
But he was a little confused. He didn't attract friends. What he had to offer them is what attracted them. They weren't interested in him. They were interested in what they could gain by being around him. So he he found friends. And friends can be good. Actually, they can be uplifting. And so we certainly want to associate with friends that are good for us, healthy for us, and that encourage us in our in our walk with God. Uh, similarly, friends uh, can be just the opposite. And it's okay to create distance from those who uh, will uh, have an ill effect upon our uh, Christian walk. We must be... We must be as bold and courageous as those who would adversely affect us by being able to say, I I need to create some distance here. And we can either articulate that, verbalize it, or just by our actions, uh, we can uh, do just that, create some distance. Well, prodigal actually means, uh, means wasteful, reckless, squandering, And that is a description of what this son did. But he did more than squander his uh, material possessions. He he squandered or was reckless with his faith. And we read that, and you heard read, that he first, uh, he spent all. And then there arose this mighty famine. I'm not sure the mighty famine was a famine like we think of it in the whole land, or if the the mighty famine is a description of what was happening within him. He spent all, and he found himself hungry, both physically, but also figuratively. He, He realized something is not right. I have created this distance, created this space. I thought I would find freedom, independence. I found independence, but I did not find freedom. And so he joined himself uh, to the citizen. So we went from the friends uh, to the citizen of the country, and the citizen of the country was more ruthless than his friends, his former friends, which really were, were not friends at all. Uh, because they were were not uh, careful with uh, regard to his welfare. So that's what he found. It it wasn't what he thought it would be. It simply did not meet uh, expectations. And you can be sure that anything the enemy of our soul offers will not nearly meet uh, the expectations or the the promises. No, we're we're way better off uh, to just serve the Lord and live for him. And whether there be a feeling there or not, we know by faith that it's a good way to go. And it is. Well, why did he return? Well, he, at first he came to himself. We read that he came to himself. And then he came to Father. We must come to our senses. In some ways, it's by faith, but in other ways, it's simply common sense. Uh, Life goes better serving God. Life does not coast along perfectly when you serve God. Uh, Those of you who have served God understand that. That, That's not the promise. Uh, The promise is peace deep within, even when there are storms all about. 
Uh, the promise is to be kept uh, by faith. Uh, the promise is just simply a, a smoother life in, in every, uh, well, in, uh, not in every regard, because when things are tumultuous, uh, they're going to be just that way. But we, we have the promise that God is with us. God will help us. He will guide us, and He will. He had to make a decision. He earlier made a decision to leave home, ask for his share of the goods. He says, I'm, I'm heading out. But now he found himself out there, some distance away, and he, he said, I will arise and go. I will arise. But he had to arise after he said that. It's not good enough to say, hey, I will do it. You must do it. I will arise. I will go. And I'll go back uh, to Father's house and I'll humble myself and offer myself to simply be uh, among the servants of the household. I'm thinking, uh, thinking of my mom. Her uh, memorial service was a, a reminder of a number of things uh, in terms of her conversion. She uh, wrote her testimony and, uh, of course, I was lived there, so I was aware of, of what was going on, and it was certainly uncharacteristic of, of my mother to, uh, to be doing what she was doing. She had taught herself to play the guitar, I remember that. She got these books and taught herself to, be, uh, to, to play the guitar. She loved country western music. One uh, singer in particular, whose name I still, still remember, um, she became president of his uh, fan club. I don't know whatever uh, happened to him, but anyway, she took a trip back to, to Nashville uh, to uh, at an invitation to uh, be part of whatever was was going on back there, and uh, came back. And then she joined a, a talent contest at the Douglas County Fairground uh, there in Roseburg area. It was during the August fair. She. Uh, bunch of people uh, sang and uh, did their thing or whatever, but uh, um, I don't remember if mom won or what happened there, but I do do remember that someone in the audience was listening and uh, discovered that, that she could sing, and she eventually was invited to join this country western band and did so. But it was more than playing uh, country western music, and of course you may or may not know how all that goes, but uh, typically, as I recall, the songs all relate to uh, how you're down in the dumps and blue and your boyfriend or girlfriend left you and you don't know what to do and, and I could almost write lyrics, couldn't I? Anyway, that, you know that and you know them all, I think. Uh, but, uh, uh, but more than that, she was singing in places that uh, they never frequented when we were growing up. They didn't, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke. And suddenly, uh, mom was part of a band that was entertaining people that were uh, engaged and heavily engaged in that kind of lifestyle. It just simply didn't make, make sense. Uh, but um, she uh, testified when she uh, wrote it out, rather, the music that had once been so much fun had let me into a nightmare. A nightmare. Now, I had no idea how to get out. That is a description of lost. Those who are lost, they want to be found. They really do. But they do not know how to get from where they are to where they need to be. 
they are lost. And that, that was mom. The whole thing became a horrible experience. How miserable I was. Uh, she says, after about six months, I wanted out. I didn't like the surroundings. There was a lot of drinking and things I saw that upset me. I knew I didn't belong there. So she did what anyone needs to do. You, you, you hardly, when you say, I arise, or I will arise, I will go. Really what she did, she didn't arise and go. She dropped to her knees on January 1st, 1975, having played at the Douglas County Fairgrounds with that band the New Year's Eve the night before, having got home in the wee hours of the, of the morning. She didn't know what to do, so she did what every individual needs to do, and that is drop to the knees and cry out to God and say, I don't think I wrote that down, but in, in her living room, uh, she basically acknowledged, Lord, I have made a mess of my life, and I don't know how to get out of it. Uh, will you help me? And the Lord saved her soul that night. The lost was found. It is so simple. It is, uh, first of all, it is simple uh, to get saved and to stay saved. It really is. You just keep following the Lord. But it is simple for the unsaved to be saved. I already mentioned our four-year-old son got saved. Our five-year-old daughter got saved. Debbie was six or seven years old. Uh, she got saved. Some of us uh, were older. But it's so simple that a child can be saved. Well, I don't know if there's anybody here who's lost or not this morning. Uh, not lost in the sense you don't know where you are. You know where you are. You're right here, right now. But to be lost in the sense that you can't find how to get out of sin and to God. Well, good news. You've come to the right place. You've come to God. You've come to a prayer meeting. You've come to where you can come to these altars. Kneel here. Kneel where you're seated. Pray our children's prayer. Pray my mother's prayer. She was 46 years old. So there's no uh, difference whether young or old. You can pray and you can touch the throne of God. And it will be by faith. But God will hear and answer your prayer. He'll give you the assurance that the lost has been found. There will be a celebration in heaven. And there will be a lot of people who are quite happy around here as well. So we're going to open this uh, altar service, invite you to come to pray and look heaven's way. God will hear and he will answer your prayer.